Welcome to the Connect Community Podcast, recorded live in Stamford, Connecticut. We're so glad to have you with us today. If you're ever in our area, come see us in person. We hope today's message inspires you and helps you live better. Good morning, guys. I hope you guys are well. I am so happy to be here. I love you guys so much. I love our church so much. It is an honor and a privilege to, as JD said, um, serve on staff um, as the Connect Ministry uh, Family Ministry Director and alongside my awesome, amazing husband, patient and so selfless um, (laughs) husband, Fabrizio. Yeah, give it a hand as we get to have the joy of leading our youth. Um, It's all amazing. And again, this Sunday is a special Sunday for me because it is my first time giving a public uh, sermon um, completely. Um, And yes, thank you guys. And also a lot of my family is here. Los quiero mucho. Thank you. Um, I'm just so grateful for them and their support. Um, So yes, it's my first time. I'm very excited, as you can tell. A little bit nervous, but I'm excited for what the Holy Spirit has to do today. Um, So if you can join me to start off with a word of prayer and um, bow your heads. Um, Heavenly Father, thank you so much for your goodness, God. Thank you so much for that song that we sing, Lord, that your, your love is so deep. How deep, how high, how far, how wide is your love, God? Greater than any wrong, any sin, any wrong done to us or done by us, God, thank you for your love, God. I pray that that love would penetrate every heart and every life here today, God. Father, I pray for Isaiah uh, 55, 10 through 11, I pray that your word, that you would use me as your vessel, God, and that your word would produce and, and um, the desire and the fruits and the will that you want to do in each person here, God. Use me as your vessel, Father, by the power of your Holy Spirit and uh, in Jesus' in Jesus's victorious and mighty name, I pray. Amen. Thank you, guys, for joining me in prayer. All right, guys, so... My uh, message title for today is, There is Meaning. There is Meaning. And before I forget, I'm going to start a timer so I don't go (laughs) overboard. Um, Let me do that. Okay. Um, We've been in a series called, Is There More to Life? uh, since July. And JD last week shared a message on the fear of the Lord and how the fear of the Lord makes us better. And today we're going to be tracking right alongside that. Um, So Ecclesiastes, if you don't know, it is a book in the Bible. It is found in the Old Testament, uh, and it it was written by Solomon. He is known as, um, he was renowned for his wisdom. Yet, even in his wisdom, he dealt and he struggled with a question that I believe all of us (laughs) has crossed our mind before. What is the point to life? Before he gives his conclusion to this question, Solomon in these 12 chapters brings us on a quest along with him where he describes many activities. 
um, that we do today. And he describes them in one word over and over again. Meaningless. Even though these things are good. We do them today. They are good. Things such as a career, wealth, pleasure. And even the king of wisdom himself says that wisdom, it's meaningless time and time again. In Ecclesiastes 1, 4, uh, sorry, 1, 14, Solomon writes, should be up there. I have seen all the things that are done under the sun. All of them are meaningless, a chasing after the wind. The original language of this word in Hebrew is habel. It refers completely, uh, sorry, concretely to mist, vapor, mere breath, wind, like he said uh, in that verse. It's wind. And metaphorically, to something that is fleeting or elusive. And maybe, just like Solomon, Solomon, you've gone through your own quest seeking an answer to this question as well. And maybe you found some direction, but at the end of the day, like Solomon, it still doesn't feel enough. Feels like vapor, feels like wind. It comes and it's great, but it goes. Okay, with that, I have a question and I would like your participation, don't be shy. Um, how many of you in the room, you know it, you were a surprise baby? <laughs> okay, <laughs> just, I just saw my family from my sister and my brother-in-law back, they're amazing. Okay, I'm with you guys, obviously. <laughs> you guys know, I bet maybe some of you guys were just too shy. You guys don't have to be ashamed of that. Our own pastors have children who were surprise babies. Um, some of you guys may know, um, they have four children, Maya, their oldest, and they have twins. Um, obviously with twins, one of them <laughs> was more than likely a surprise, but then their fourth, they thought they were done with the three, but then their fourth came by surprise, and they got a little boy. God said, nope, you're not done. <laughs> you're going to have a little boy. His name is Christopher, and we are so much better for it. He just turned one this month. Um, and love him. He is so sweet. So some uh, surprise babies are less complicated. Um, that's not my story. So if you were a little shy to raise your hand for that reason, that's okay. I'm with you guys. Um, <laughs> um, I was a surprise baby, but in a little bit more of a complicated way. Um, I was born two months, two months premature because my mom got sick suddenly, and both of our lives were in danger. Unfortunately, she passed away the same day that I was born. Not only that, but my father was in a very, very sticky situation. <laughs> he actually had a whole family separate from my mom. He had a wife, and he had three daughters. At the time, 13, 15, and 18 when I was born. If you put yourself in his shoes, you immediately feel that fear that he must have felt. 
what do I do? In the middle of being afraid and not knowing what to do, my aunt and uncle proposed to him. Under one condition, we will take her and we will help you. We know you have a family at home. Um, and if you're too afraid to bring her home with you and to take that responsibility and to risk your family being broken, um, we will take her under the one condition that she will be ours and you do not come back for her uh, asking for her in return. He agreed. Um, and guys, again, they're in the audience today. If they, so my aunt and uncle is my adoptive mom and uh, father and my sister and my brother, um, cousins, but they're really my sister and my brother. If they had never told me this story for some reason, I'm glad they did not, you know, I'm glad I know about this story. But if they did not tell me, I promise you, I think I would not have known. I fit so well into this family because of their love for me that I never felt like I was a cousin. I never felt like I was a niece. I felt a daughter and um, sister. I love them so much, and I can't thank them enough um, for what they, ha they have done in my life. Um, it was hard, too, because I was a preemie, so they kept me alive with a lot of work and, and making me their own. Fast forward, from a young age, I knew about my mom. But fast forward to high school, around my senior year, I'm sitting at home, a random like school night, and it comes upon me, wait, I know about my mom, she passed away. Where's my biological father? I have one of those. It, it never dawned on me, again, because my family loved me so well that it, I was never missing uh, that part. So I run into my mom's room, and I'm like, just then and there, mommy, what, what happened to my biological father? Wait, is he? Do you guys know anything about him? And she goes, oh, that's the whole other part of the story. <laughs> and so she, she goes on to tell me what I had told you. He had a family. He was obviously in a pickle, a big one. And um, they chose to take me. Um... Again, never, never felt, uh, always felt like I belonged. Always felt like I belonged because of the love that my mom, my dad, my brother, and my sister gave me. That my aunts, my uncles, my cousins gave me. Always felt like I belonged. This changed things a little bit for me. Soon after that, I started feeling, for the first time, like I was unplanned. I was not only unplanned or a pleasant surprise, but abandoned. Abandoned by my biological father. It was his responsibility to take me. I felt unwanted. I began to ask God, why was I even born? I felt filthy. I could have ruined a family. Um, I was the product of, yes, it was not my choice, but I was a product of infidelity. Why? Why didn't I just die either along or instead of my mom? Why did Jesus spare my life? 
um, this answer came to me a few years later when I fasted and I prayed for the first time. If, you've, if you're from the church and, and you pray, I encourage you to fast. Fast while you pray because the presence of God, it just reveals itself so much more powerfully and intimately as you let go of the flesh and you lean into the spirit. He revealed to me as I fasted for the first time that he is my heavenly father. That he does not compare to the earthly fathers of this world. Even if I had the best father in the world, the most present, the most loving, the most uh, that gave all the five love languages, <laughs> words of affirmation, acts of service, uh, if you know those, just was present and there and loving and faithful to his wife. That even if I had that, his love for me would not even compare to that perfect love of a father. After this, I began to ask that question again, but in a more positive light. Why was I born? Why was my life spared? What is the point to life? So we're going to dig into what Solomon answered as he went on this quest. Are you ready to hear this answer? <laughs> okay. Can I get a drum roll? <laughs> okay. Thank you, guys. Ecclesiastes 12, 13 through 14. You can read it along with me. Now all has been heard. Here is the conclusion of the matter. Fear God and keep his commandments, for this is the duty of all mankind. For God will bring every deed into judgment, including every hidden thing, whether it is good or evil. There you go. So, what does it mean to fear the Lord? Because uh, if you've ever opened the Bible before, if you come to church, if you um, are a follower of Jesus, we hear often, time and time again in the Bible, do not, oh, go back <laughs> do not fear, right? We hear all the time, do not fear, do not fear, do not fear. Yet, God here is telling us to fear. Um, let's look at Matthew 10, 26 through 31. Do not be afraid of those who kill the body but cannot kill the soul. Instead, fear the one who is able to destroy both body and both soul and body in hell. Aren't two sparrows sold for a penny? Yet not one of them falls to the ground apart from the Father's will. Even all the hairs on your head are numbered. He knows you so well. Women, how much hair do we lose? He knows the count of the, the hair on your head so much. That's how much he delights in every detail of your life. So do not be afraid. You are more valuable than many sparrows. He's saying, he's not saying to be afraid of him. He's saying to fear nothing more than to be apart from him. May your desire for God be greater than any other desire that you have in this life. Not that other desires are bad, but that your desire, that, that 
he would be first, that nothing would be greater than that fire inside of you to please him and to want him and to have his presence in your life, that you would know your need for him moment by moment. There's another story. Let me check the time. I think we're good. <laughs> There's another little story I have. Um, in the beginning of college, I had God really speak to me that he wanted me to fear him more. At the time, I was dating somebody else, and <laughs> what? <laughs> and <laughs> guys, at the time, I kind of told you, like, oh, no, this is my husband, like, for sure. For sure, this is my husband. Like, nobody could tell me no. <laughs> and um, God was telling me, uh, come to me. <laughs> Let's talk. <laughs> and he was telling me, Catherine, I want you to give your life more to me. Take your next step with me. Go deeper with me. Fear me. Are you going to trust yourself for your desires to come about in your life? Or are you going to let me be the author of your life to continue writing your story? If you want that, you have to surrender your will to me. I thought about, um, he gave me kind of like a vision and he made me think about when I get to heaven and he kind of plays a video recording of me uh, or of my life. And he's like, Catherine, if you followed my ways, this is what your life would have looked like. And me just going, Oh my gosh, <laughs> I should have chose that way. <laughs> Guys, his ways are better for us. There's no other way that will be better for you. The most joy, the most peace, the most power, the most um, love that you will feel is with him. There's no better way. There is no better way. Um, so my question to you is, who are you fearing? Youth. You guys have peer pressure going on. Is it your friends? Is it your, you know, desires moment by moment when you make decisions? Is it just what you feel like doing? Is it your feelings? Or is it the Holy Spirit? The Holy Spirit's voice, that's for everybody. Who are you choosing to fear? So, if we want to grow in this area, how do we practically and continually do that? How do we practically fear God and keep his commandments? Number one, we get saved. All that means is you start a relationship with Jesus. You open his heart to him. Ephesians 2, 8 through 9 says, For it is by grace you have been saved through faith. Why? This is not from yourselves. It is the gift of God, not by works, so that no one can boast. This is a gift. There's nothing you can do to earn it or to lose it. It's a gift from God. How do we accept this gift? Church, can I teach you how we teach our kids, our Connect Kids team teach our kids every Sunday? Uh, um, uh, in Connect Kids? Yes? Yeah. <laughs> Thank you. Okay. Um, he 
are the ABCs of salvation. A, admit. Admit that you've done wrong in the sight of a holy and perfect God. Admit your need for him. B, believe. Believe that Jesus, 100% God and 100% man, came down from heaven, lived life, died a, the worst death on a cross for our sins, um, and then resurrected three days later so that we may also resurrect. And gave us, went to heaven, but did not leave us alone, gave us the Holy Spirit here now with us, is in heaven sitting at the right hand of the Father praying for us, and he will come back again in glory. That is the gospel. You admit and you believe. See, you choose. You choose to pray this and to do this daily. You choose Jesus Christ as your Lord and as Savior every day of your life. That is your choice. That is how you get saved. That is how you start a relationship with Jesus. But two, you don't stop there. Many of you, me included, in the past few years have seen many Christians who are leaders done things that do not align with the word of God. Why is that? Why is that that you are saying you are a Christian, but you're, I'm not really liking what this Christian looks like? Maybe you've been hurt by someone who declared to be a Christian. Why does this happen? We are supposed to work out our salvation. Philippians 2, 12 through 13 says, Therefore, my dear friends, as you have always obeyed, not only in my presence, but now much more in my absence, when nobody is looking, when nobody is there with you, when nobody can hear your thoughts except God, <laughs> obey, continue to work out your salvation with fear and trembling. God sees us. God sees every thought. He knows all the good, all the bad, all the ugly. He knows what we're doing. And he is not pleased with all the things that we are doing. That's why we need him. That's why we need to pray and go to him. Jesus, I need you. Oh, again, today. Good morning. Good morning. Good morning. I need you to be my Lord and Savior every day. Um, okay. And three. We do this until we leave this earth. 2 Corinthians 5.10 says, For we must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ, so that each of us may receive what is due us for the things done while in the body here on earth, whether good or bad. Maybe some of you, I have talked about this question with my family several times, heard it. Um, Maybe you have the question of like, hmm, all right, so like I'm going to heaven, right? <laughs> I believe in Jesus. What? I don't know. It doesn't really seem fair to me that I get to go to heaven. And that person over there who's done much more worse sins than I have, if Jesus, if they accept Jesus, they also get to go to heaven. Hmm. That doesn't sit right with me. You don't have to fear that. Let's be Christians. Let's be people who, do, who, just, who don't just barely make it into heaven. Salvation is a gift for everybody. 
but your work and your labor does not go in vain. God will reward you for all the years that you serve him. God will reward you for all the things that are unseen. He will reward you. He sees you. He's proud of you. He will honor you for your work. Don't compare yourself to others. Be merciful to those that need God. That's the point, <laughs> that you may, you may bring them closer to God. Be an example to that person that comes to mind. Help them. Our effort, again, and labor does not go in vain in the sight of God. So, fear God and follow his commands. There's a few great life examples in my life um, that have done this, starting off with our pastors. Can we give them a hand, J.D. and Alini? Love you guys so much. They feared the Lord. They obeyed his commands. They were in Texas. They have done this many times, but the way we've benefited the most from is that they were in Texas, Bible Belt, right? People go to church there. It's easy to get people to come to church. Also, it's less expensive than Connecticut. They left the comfort of Texas, came to Connecticut so that we may be here today. Another person in my life, life example of fearing God and following his commands, Maria. Where is she? Right there. I love you. Thank you so much for the spiritual mother that you took responsibility of in my life. You didn't have to. Maria had a job at NCC, Neural Community College, as a, um, she was coordinating a tutoring program for the college students so that we may do our best. She saw this as her job and she did an amazing and phenomenal job at it. But she also knew she had a call of God in her life. She not only would help us with school, with our earthly things that are important, but she would take the time to pray for us, to get to know us, to read a scripture, to resource us. This woman, because of this woman, because she took the time to know me, because of this woman, I am a prayer warrior today. Amen. Thank you, Maria. Thank you for fearing God and obeying his commands, even when it's hard, even when all hell stands against you, you keep on pressing on. Thank you for doing that. Thank you. Yes, amen. And last but not least, an example in my life who has feared God and obeyed his commands. My mom. Me mommy. <laughs> Solomon, I don't have the verse, but Solomon, I think in Ecclesiastes 5 says, it's better off that you do not make a vow to God and you, like, you don't keep it. If you're not going to keep the vow. If you're not going to keep the promise, don't do it. My mom is not this person. My mom makes a promise to God, and she keeps it. After she had um, my sister Maritza and my brother Leo, she was in Colombia, no, upper door, not a choice, <laughs> not an option. She told God, God, I love children, and I will have as many children as you want me to have, but I cannot do labor. I cannot do labor. Um, if you want me to have another child, bring that child to me, however that may be. few years later, I show up. And her immediate response, keeping her promise to God, fearing God, and obeying his commands. I'm going to have my mom stand up, and if you guys could join me in just honoring her, giving a round of applause. Mami, parate, por favor. <laughs> Thank you.
mami, ya te lo he dicho. Pero gracias, gracias por escogerme a mí como tu hija cuando no tenías que hacer eso. Gracias por tener um, eh, tu promesa con Dios, por, por seguirla. Gracias, mami, te amo. I just said, thank you, mom. Thank you, mom, for choosing me. Thank you for obeying God and keeping your commands. Um, because of these people fearing and obeying God themselves, I have meaning in my life. God rewrote my story. God turned my story from ashes and made it into something beautiful. Because of these people, let's do the same for others. People need you. Guys, why should we do this for others? If you're not motivated to do this, guys, we can trust him. Why do we need to do, obey this? Why, is this? why do we need to obey him and fear God? Because he said so, and he's worthy. He's worthy to be trusted. He is your heavenly father. Again, just like he told me, he is not a father who is absent. He is not a father who is distant. He is not a father who is abusive. He is present with you. He, is, he loves you. He loves you. You can trust him. You can trust what he says. You can trust taking your next step with him, reading his word, applying his word. You can trust him. Matthew 7:11 says, um, if you then, though you are evil, know how, sorry, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your father in heaven give good gifts to those who ask him. You have to take the first step though. God is a gentleman. He will not force himself upon you. He is waiting for you to ask. Again, do it now. Don't wait. Ecclesiastes 12.1 says, it's up there. Remember your creator in the days of your youth before the days of trouble come and the years approach when you will say, I find no pleasure in them. Do this as soon as possible. Hey, youth in the room or listening to the, this message, don't wait. Don't wait until after college, until after you've lived the life that you think it is that you want. Don't wait. Do it now. There's important decisions that are coming your way. They are filled with purpose. God is waiting to guide you and direct your steps in those decisions. He has a good calling for your life. Lean into the Holy Spirit, into what, everything that Jesus has done through you because your Father sent him to you. Receive those good gifts. Again, guys, we don't do this just for ourselves but also for the next generation. That is why my husband and I take our time, give the best effort that we have in our current ability to, to lead the next generation. People need you. People need you to make this decision so that they may avoid unnecessary trouble, questioning, and heartache, and that so that they may remember that fearing God and keeping his commandments is the duty of all mankind. Amen. That is my message to you guys today.
thank you for listening today. If you have a prayer request, a question about faith, or would like to find out more information, visit us at connectcommunity.org. Don't forget to subscribe and share. See you next time.